The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Our dear friend Mike Schaefer posting a picture of Coach O. That's his vote. <laughs> Taking over Bama. Instead of saying, go Tigers, he goes, they're all tied. I like Brian Ferentz more still. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I like Evan Bland. Love what he does when it comes to coverage in Nebraska football, Husker baseball, Omaha World Herald, where you find Evan at Evan Bland, O-W-H, on Twitter. Evan, nothing to see here. No news today between Husker basketball, a portal edition for the Big Red, and oh yeah, Coach Saban, how are you? Wow. Yeah, our, our pets' heads are falling off as well. I don't know how we're going to cope. <laughs> Such a good line in the movie. <laughs> uh, I want to start with um, – well, I want to start with, with college football slash just football coaches. Uh, did you believe 2024 would bring us uh, Nick Saban retiring, Pete Carroll stepping down? We don't know for sure about Bill Belichick, but, but Vrabel uh, and, uh, of course, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, those are some names that, that could be on the move or could be finding a rocking chair. Uh, and that domino effect, DeBoer, Sweeney, Lanning, are, are, are some hot names right now. Of course, Coach Rule's always been a popular name as well, not necessarily in this cycle or with these openings, but who's to say you wouldn't kick tires? Uh, what a what an earthquake uh, 2024 has given us for the college football and some NFL openings. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's really amazing. I mean, you think all those names that you threw out there, Belichick, Maybe the greatest in NFL history, certainly what Saban's done. And, you know, I, what I think is interesting is this is just the start, right? Like this, there's going to be so many dominoes that fall from this. Who does Alabama get? And then who fills that power five job that comes open? And how does that all sort of backfill, um, you know, its way through? And, and you know, some of it is is probably age related. I mean, Saban's in his seventies. I think Bill Belichick's in the same general window. Some of it, I think, too, though, is you think how much the sports changed since those coaches, in particular, got into it back in the day. I mean, with all the things that are going on now, the attention, the money, the NIL, the transfer portal at the college level, like you see a lot of coaches, uh, you know, at some point kind of saying, look, this is a, a 12 month a year, 365 day a year sort of job. And it's not, it didn't used to be that way, but it's that way now. And like the level of commitment that it takes to achieve greatness now uh, is so high. I mean, it's, it's, so it's just remarkable the, the wins and just the consistency that guys like Belichick and Saban have had. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you, you certainly salute what they've done and you wonder how anyone can ever live up to it and who it's going to be moving forward. I don't, I certainly don't envy whoever that next person is at Alabama because, uh, you know, Nebraska fans can tell you when the great one steps out, it's really hard to live up to that. So I think that'll be fascinating to follow. Yeah, Evan, that will be fascinating. You mentioned the, the domino effect that could potentially happen. Maybe, though, 
they don't go poach another head coach. And no, I'm not going Brian Ferentz here. Urban Meyer, though, I think piques a lot of people's interest. It sounded like he's wanting to get back into coaching. We will see where the tide goes. And why not land in Alabama where uh, presumably my roster's awesome despite the fact that you've had a ton of portal uh, options or, or portal um, uh, departures. players, departures, thank you, right after you lost to Michigan and now what you just signed – there's 30 days those kids can leave as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Ur- Urban walks into a lot of good situations, though. So Bama doesn't have a lot of time. I think they have to act quickly in order to protect their roster. We'll, we'll see where they go. That'll be interesting to follow, Evan. But let's switch gears here, talk some Husker football, the news of the day. Mazuka, the Florida offensive line transfer. This came a little bit out of nowhere. I, I don't think his name had been floated around all that much, but today he announced on Twitter that he will be attending the University of Nebraska next season, presumably going to take one of those starting guard spots. I want to get your reaction to this. A year after Nebraska swung and a missed on Mazuka, they get him back in the boat via the transfer portal. You know, I think in the short history of the portal and certainly in the kind of free transfer era, like this, this might be the most out-of-the-blue positive portal news that Nebraska's had from a player from another school, uh, in part because he never did make an official visit this this cycle. He did last cycle when he almost chose Nebraska and ended up picking Florida, but there was no real rumblings externally that uh, he was even thinking about Nebraska this time around. And I I spoke with his dad a little earlier, and they said their circumstance was such that until the NCAA last month, brought down that ruling that multi-time transfers who were not grad transfers uh, could move around and still be eligible next season elsewhere, they were all set to go to the NFL and figure out the next level from there. And so, I mean, what a turn of events that and that, that ruling came down, that Nebraska had an in in terms of the coaching staff that recruited him to Baylor out of high school in Pennsylvania, that his brother, Maurice, is a walk-on running back on the roster. So, I mean, it all lined up perfectly. And, oh, by the way, he's been a multi-year starter at guard where Nebraska just happens to have some pressing need. With uh, Nuri Nwili gone at right guard, he moves on. Ethan Piper may or may not be back. He was the left guard starter all year, so Mazuka can play either one of those spots. He's got one year left, uh, immediately provides a boost to that line next year. So uh, really fortuitous turn of events for Nebraska. You know, you talk about um, – you know, luck being sort of that intersection of of, of being prepared and, and having that right opportunity, and this is just that for Nebraska. So big news. Maybe it kind of gets lost in the news cycle with what's going on with basketball and, and the sport, you know, college football at a national level, but that really big development for Nebraska, just as big as any portal ads they've had this cycle. Evan, what's a really early grade that you would give Matt Rule's transfer class this offseason? Well, you got to go on quality, right? Not quantity with just the the four to this point, but um, you know, you either go developmental or you go immediate need. And I think Bly Hill probably qualifies in the former category. They like him more long term and don't need him to step in right away. But this January uh, stretch of additions, I would say, I mean, it's 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 solid B B plus probably uh, at this point, just with. Nayor is somebody who can step in as a big play threat at receiver right away. Uh, Dowdell, certainly the Oregon transfer running back, is somebody who has all the ability to come in with three years left and be an impact uh, starter or or playmaker right away. And then 
uh, clearly Mazuka is someone who you've got to feel good about being a, a factor and a starter on that interior moving forward. So, you know, you look at what held Nebraska back last season. Um, clearly the offense was a part of that. You address seemingly the quarterback situation through the addition of Dylan Raiola and, and Daniel Kalen. And now in the portal, you've seen them go out and uh, augment some of the skill spots and now Mazuka. So um, the numbers were such that Nebraska was never going to add a big chunk of transfers the way that they had the last couple of years. But I think just the quality and the spots that they've addressed, I'd give it a solid B+. And, and Evan, can you talk for a second about the splash of going and getting a guy like Mazuka, uh, an 11-game starter last year from a Power 5 program, Florida, I mean, it just feels optically like a big deal. It might not be the same need that Nebraska had at wide receiver along the offensive line. They had some younger guys that were probably ready to step up next year. But optically, this feels like a big deal that Nebraska is able to go steal a starter in an important spot from a school like Florida. Absolutely. And it's a big deal because you just don't – you can't count on adding quality offensive linemen from the portal. You can't do it. Like, if you want to – uh, find a receiver or a defensive back or even a running back. Like you can probably do that in the portal, but the numbers will tell you. Like if you're a quality O lineman in there, you're going to get offers from all over the place, and there just aren't that many big-bodied guys that want to look around and go elsewhere. And so, I mean, Nebraska absolutely found that. And Matt Rule said it before. Like even if you don't have room, you make room for alignment on the offensive side or the defensive side. And I think that's kind of the case here. Like they already had sort of a scholarship crunch. Um, but if, if your circumstances line up the way that they did for Mizuka, you have to add somebody like that, bring him in. And again, he could have gone all over the country. He took visits this cycle to Arkansas, to Syracuse, uh, you know, if he had expressed interest in just about any school, I think that's a guy that you make room for. And so, for Nebraska, again, to have that in with him previously and to have the need uh, and for that thing to develop late here with classes starting in uh, just over a week, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect scenario for Nebraska, and it absolutely improves their outlook on offense next season. Evan Bland with us here, Omaha World Herald, talking Nebraska in the portal, the world of college football, Hale Varsity Radio at Evan Bland, OWH. On Twitter is where you find him. Evan, uh, timeline for Jamal Banks. Question one, question two. What do you believe about Nebraska and Dana Holgerson? Well, Banks, I, you know, I've exchanged a couple messages with him, and I think he's still kind of sorting some things out. I would expect in the next couple of days, maybe by this weekend. I mean, he understands that there's. A timeline to this thing, again, with UNL classes starting on the 22nd, you can't delay it too long. But I know Michigan was interested. He's checked out places like Notre Dame and Wisconsin and Purdue. And so uh, he's he's got a lot of pros and cons to lay out there. I know he did enjoy his trip to Nebraska. And, uh, you know, it, they spell it out to him just like we all know. Like, there's opportunity on that offense. So uh, I think Nebraska is still very much in the mix there. So, again, we'll see pretty quickly how that turns out. And then, you know, Holgerson, it's been pretty quiet since uh, the news broke last weekend that he was in town and talking with Nebraska. I I still find it interesting, uh, just given his sort of worldview offensively coming from the Mike Leach air raid system, uh, that he would necessarily be a a perfect match for Nebraska and what it has said it wants to do as a pro-style offense and, and more pounding 
the ground game and that sort of thing. So, you know, again, it, it, just because they're talking doesn't necessarily mean that he would be the quarterback's coach. I think it's possible it could be as an analyst sort of position as well. But I do think just the fact that they've had the conversation with a guy like Holgerson does say that Matt Rule in Nebraska um, are being pretty open-minded about who's out there, about what direction this offense can go as they try to find the best resources to develop Dylan Raiola and, and get this offense back on track. Evan, going back to last night, let's switch it over to Husker basketball here real quick. Your just reaction of last night's game, what Nebraska was able to put together, and quite the resume builder when we're talking about that bubble come March. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a night for that team, for the program at large, to do that at home against a team like Purdue that's a bona fide Final Four contender. I mean, just really impressive from the top down. I think it showcased a lot of what Nebraska felt like it addressed in the offseason. I mean, it hit three-pointers at a strong clip. We saw contributions from all over the place, from different shooters, from you know, Rink Mast defensively to Bryce Williams to um, you know Sam Hoiberg with a couple of steals and scores. Those are those were key momentum plays, too. And, you know, the other thing I, I thought big picture, guys, was like I was trying to think the last time there was so much – joy across so many teams in the athletic department. I mean, what men's and women's basketball is doing, there's clear optimism for football. Obviously what volleyball has done, women's soccer was in the elite eight, Uh, you know, softball with Jordy ball coming in the track and field teams. I think people are excited about baseball. Like there's just, there's so much positivity within the athletic department and for basketball to get that number one win at home, uh, it just really adds to the momentum. You have Matt Rule on hand. So it just it feels like the synergy within that department is as high as it's been maybe in the Big Ten era, maybe since before that. Um, but a really cool moment for the program, really cool moment for those who were in attendance. And I, I think it just adds to the excitement about what the ceiling could be for the next couple of months. Evan, we'll wrap with this. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald with us. Okay, you saw a future Big Ten team Monday. You saw the old guard in Michigan uh, ground and pound, and they were incredible in the trenches, as good as advertised. Uh, A, uh, with Michigan, um, how do you view their championship? B, uh, when you, what you saw, Washington, how do you think they translate to the Big Ten? Well, the Washington part's uh, interesting. Like the, I think that the sort of the school of thought going into the championship game was if Michigan continued to ground and pound, would Washington be able to hold up? And the answer was no. And and kind of in a weird way, it kind of was the reverse, where they couldn't uh, stop them early, and then they sort of settled in a little bit later. But I think that's it. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Nebraska's transition when it went to the to the Big Ten, you know, a decade ago. Which just it was designed defensively to stop spread offenses and, and, and these high-scoring shootouts, uh, it's going to be a different animal when you're facing teams like Michigan or Minnesota or, or whomever um, week in and week out in the Big Ten. So I think that will probably be the biggest uh, adjustment that they're going to have to make moving forward is how do you stop the run, how do you hold up in your front seven so you're not exposed to the, to the extent that they were in the national title game. You know, Michigan – such a complex situation. I mean, it's it's clearly documented that they broke the rules with the sign stealing. Uh, I, I think ultimately they didn't need to, right? Like I, they were going to beat those teams that they beat early in the season, I think, regardless. 
And then after the counter-stallion stuff broke out, they were just as dominant, quite honestly, in the second half. And uh, to beat Alabama the way they did, to, to, to roll Washington, I think, in sort of the no-doubt second-half fashion that they did, leaves little doubt that they you know the, that they earned it on the field um but I, I understand the frustration i understand um you know the fact that there need to be consequences for breaking the rules as well and i think ultimately big picture hopefully what it spurs on is uh, a move to modern technology in terms of uh you know mics and helmets and things like that to be able to relay plays so hopefully stuff like this uh, is not part of the sport moving forward evan great stuff thanks for the time today Thanks, guys. All right. Mark Manning on the way with Hale Varsity.